Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. Gustafson back from Anthem. Big shot. Rebound. Score. And look who it is. Alexei Protus on the rebound. It's one. Nothing. Washington. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals with two preseason games to go. They get back at it Wednesday against Detroit. Garnet Hathaway has his own beer and you can get it from him tonight. We'll tell you how. And our team previews continue today. We take a look at the Florida Panthers. Good morning, everybody. It is Monday, October 3rd. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Presented by Clear, the faster way. In a Capital One arena, the road preseason schedule is complete. After a 2-0 win over Detroit Friday night at Little Caesars Arena and a 2-1 loss in Columbus Saturday at Nationwide Arena. The most noticeable player this preseason, without question, has been Alexi Protus. All he did Friday was lead all forwards with 19.53 of time on ice. He scored the only goal in a losing effort in Columbus Saturday. His skating's improved over last season. He's gotten stronger since last season. He battles for pucks. He's played in all situations and different positions in camp. And while there's still two preseason games to go, It's tough to imagine he's going to get sent to Hershey, given the outstanding camp that he has had so far. Where Connor McMichael and Hendricks LaPierre have been quieter so far this exhibition year, Protus has been terrific. We'll have more on him and the rest of training camp tomorrow. Caps returning to the ice this morning after an off day yesterday. Practice this morning at MedStar Capitals Iceplex is at 11 o'clock. Speaking of LaPierre, he was the most notable of eight players that were sent to the AHL yesterday. He, along with Vincent Iorio, Beck Malenstein, Garrett Pilon, Gabriel Carlson, Dylan McElrath, Bobby Nardella, and Zach Fucali, all assigned to Hershey. All of them, except for LaPierre and Iorio, have to clear waivers before being formally assigned. That leaves the Caps with 32 players left in camp, 21 forwards, eight defensemen, And technically still three goalies. The third, Clay Stevenson, is injured and out four to six weeks after hand surgery the club announced over the weekend. This morning, we get back to our team preview segments. Coming off the best regular season their franchise has ever had, the Florida Panthers didn't exactly stand pat in the offseason. After struggling to get by Washington in round one and then getting swept by the Tampa Bay Lightning in round two, the Panthers have a new coach. Matthew Kachuk is their number one left wing. No more Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, or even Claude Giroux. They're a different looking team, but still a legit Stanley Cup contender. Here now this morning, a look at the Florida Panthers with their radio voice, Doug Plagans. The final seconds tick away in the Tampa Bay Lightning take game four. Two nothing the final, and the Florida Panthers season comes to a close. The radio voice of the Panthers, Doug Plagan. Sir, welcome back to Caps this morning, and thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, always love chatting with all the folks up there in the district and surrounding areas. 
This is, I guess, a little bit good and a little bit painful for both of us, but we'll do it anyway. A quick look back at the postseason for Florida. Now, the Caps are running on fumes, less than healthy Nick Backstrom, of course. No Tom Wilson after game one. Questionable goaltending that has since been completely overhauled here. And yet, a bounce or two that maybe goes Washington's way. Maybe the Caps pull the upset and move on. The Panthers had to battle back from an early series deficit. They ultimately win the series at Washington home. But then Tampa Bay making quick work of them in round two. What did you learn? What did we learn about the Florida Panthers in the postseason? On the good side, they won a postseason series, which had not happened in a long time. But I think the expectation, certainly when we were there in round one, was this team was expecting big things and they fell short. Yeah, I think when you go in as the President's Trophy winner, you obviously have really high expectations. And the Panthers last season, once again this season, they're in that uh, group of teams that's that elite tier that expects to compete for the, the Stanley Cup. And of course, you look at the way the playoffs shook out. First round series against the Capitals and full marks to the Capitals. Again, you mentioned they battled injuries. They battled hard in that series. It was a, a close six-game series, could have gone either way. But for the Panthers to be able to get over that hurdle, obviously, you know, a lot of guys uh, were in their first, second, third years, uh, relatively new faces to the Florida Panthers in the grand scheme of things. But they were able to get that monkey off their back, if you will, and, and get past a first round playoff series. And I think the experience that the group was able to get during that series is something you can't put a price on. It was important for these guys to see what it was like to win a playoff series and, and win a playoff series against a battle-tested group like the Capitals, who are just a few years removed from winning a Stanley Cup themselves. So that was a, a good bit of experience. Obviously, Carter Verhage had the explosion there in that first round offensively, and Sergei Bobrovsky was outstanding and did everything that he could have been asked to do. Same thing for him in, in round two. He was great for the Panthers, but unfortunately in round two, and it's a, a lesson learned the hard way. They ran into a guy named Andre Vasilevsky, who's been very difficult on a lot of people over the last few years, especially in game four against the Lightning. The Panthers probably played their best game of the playoffs, not just in that series. And Andre Vasilevsky pitched a shutout. So uh, it was a playoff run that saw the Panthers pick up a lot of experience, both for the positive, getting past that first round, but also Tampa Bay displaying what it takes to dig deep and, and really uh, win when, when the chips were down. The Panthers were the better team for, you could say, the majority of that series against the Lightning, but it was Tampa Bay who emerged with the four-game series victory. The best offensive team in the NHL last year, first team since 95-96 to score more than four goals a game, and no reason to think that that couldn't be the same again this year. But it's going to come with a bit of a different cast outside of maybe Johnny hockey going to Columbus, the biggest splash of the summer, a trade between Florida and Calgary. Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger go off to the Great White North. Matthew Kachuk coming to South Florida with maybe a little extra snarl too, uh, perhaps on that left side. Tell me your take on the trade and does that perhaps position Florida to be maybe a little more playoff savvy and battle tested by the time they get to the second season? I think that's a huge part of it. The Panthers have a lot in the way of sandpaper now when you bring in a guy like Matthew Chuck. And, uh, of course, Bill Zito said at the introductory press conference, uh, plain and simple, that you don't get a lot of opportunities to acquire a player like Matthew Kachuk. And we're not just talking a guy that scored 40 goals last year, had 100 points last year, and plays an in-your-face intense brand of hockey. We're talking about a guy who 
is on a long-term contract now who the Panthers are going to have for presumably his peak years. We're talking the ages of about 25 to 32. He figures to be uh, you know, in the mix here for the Florida Panthers for a long time. And uh, this is a guy who immediately comes in and is a cornerstone. And I think, first of all, you mentioned from a leadership perspective, he and Alexander Barkov are going to complement each other great. I think uh, Alexander Barkov, one of the best lead-by-example guys in the National Hockey League, one of the finest two-way players that the sport has, Matthew Kachuk, that vocal guy, that guy who, uh, I guess, wears his emotions on his sleeve and isn't afraid to get in there and, and mix it up after the whistle. And one of those guys, you know, there are a handful of guys across the league. You've got one there in Washington. I know he's going to miss some time with injury to start, but with Tom Wilson, when you see his name on the roster sheet before a game, you know that, okay, this guy's going to drag his group into the fight. This isn't going to be an easy night because they've got Tom Wilson. Brad Marchand's one of those guys. Matthew's brother Brady in Ottawa is one of those guys. But uh, for the Panthers to now have one of those guys on the roster, and again, this was a, a team that was outstanding offensively, scored more than anybody in the league last year. I think anybody would tell you, they were maybe the most entertaining watch in the National Hockey League, the, uh, the Florida Panthers last year. But you throw a guy like Matthew Kachuk into the mix. Like I said, he's one of those guys who just drags everybody into the fight, plays with that, uh, that emotion. So no question, a, a great move for the Panthers, not only for the here and now, but for the long term as well. And rare to see a trade like that, John, where I think you had two teams that went in with a plan in mind, and both walked away from it feeling pretty good about themselves. Uh, both were able to accomplish what they set out to do in making that deal. So obviously, Jonathan Huberto, he and Mackenzie Weger both were, were fan favorites uh, in Florida. They, they put in some great seasons here. No doubt about that. Everybody wishes them uh, the best. But it's the old phrase, you have to give something up to get something. And the dimension that the Panthers were able to add with Matt, you could chuck. That's one that they didn't have. And he, he came in as well, told me it, it, the first day he was here in Florida, he said he's He's not here to uh, wear flip-flops and swim in the ocean. He's here to win. So I thought that was a, a good line upon joining the Florida Panthers. Yeah, it certainly is and uh, certainly changes the dynamic quite a bit. There were other changes and not on the ice. Paul Maurice comes in to take over the team's third head coach in less than a calendar year, which means interim head coach, former capital Andrew Brunette, not asked back to the big office in the locker room. When you bring in a veteran coach like Paul Maurice, the expectation is pretty obvious. It's time to win now. Now, he's never won a Stanley Cup, but he's also won almost 800 games in the league. Having that veteran presence back there also reshaping things for the President's Trophy winners. Yeah, he's got a goal in mind. He's excited to be here. He's, uh, as we know from his other stops in the National Hockey League, one of his greatest attributes. I think it's going to play well, not only with the players on the team, but in the market in general. He's a great communicator, and uh, guys always battle for him. And I think one thing you look, you look back at his time in Winnipeg, when they made that run to the conference final, and they were a Stanley Cup hopeful uh, a few years back, they had one of the most high-octane offensive attacks in the league when they had, obviously, Wheeler and Shifley and Ehlers and back when Dustin Bufflin was still in the fold there. And so we've seen that he knows how to get the most out of a team that's loaded offensively. He's going to have another team like that here with the Florida Panthers that has a, a ton of options as far as offense is concerned. We've seen Paul Maurice also get a lot out of teams when – Either injuries have been a factor. You remember the last couple of years there with the Winnipeg Jets when they had kind of a, a patchwork defensive group, and he was able to really get a lot out of that group that he had. So we've seen him have success with teams that 
have a lot of different sorts of skill sets. But like I said, he's shown in recent years that he knows how to really take a team that has a, a ton of offensive skill and get a lot out of them. And uh, he's going to have another team that's loaded offensively here with the Florida Panthers. I think his communication skills aren't only going to play well with players on the team, but I think it's going to be great here in this market as well. He's, as you know, from anybody who's been in our positions, he's uh, he's one of the most respected, well-liked coaches in the league because uh, he's he's always got time for everybody and he's just great at uh, explaining the game. Yeah, jealous you get to talk to him 82 games a year. He is truly one of the very best in the National Hockey League. Last thought, uh, just thinking goaltending here. Sergei Bobrovsky, Spencer Knight, going to run it back. Uh, no reason not to, given Bobrovsky's season. I wonder a little bit when there was so much, and I say this from someone not in the South Florida market, but there was so much talk about the offense. I wonder if it doesn't start a little bit from having that number one going to bail you out every single night so that running gun offense can kind of do its thing. Does maybe that swagger figure into the offensive side of things? And did he maybe not get enough credit for what he was able to do in easily his best season in a Panther uniform? Well, it's, it's easy to maybe overlook a great goaltending season when the team's scoring over four goals a game. But he was as solid as could be all season long. He was outstanding, did everything that could have been asked of him, Sergei Bobrovsky, of course. And in the playoffs, he was arguing, you know, mentioned what uh, what Carter Verhage did in the first round against Washington. There were some big performances, but Sergei Bobrovsky, can make the case, was the best Florida Panther there through the uh, two rounds in the playoffs. Again, did everything you could have asked of him, just brought it every single night, gave the team a chance to win. And that's what he did all season long. And I think when you look at the tandem now, with Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight, one of the best one-two punches in the National Hockey League. Spencer Knight spent a little bit of time in the American Hockey League mid-season last season, came back, and he was outstanding down the stretch. So I think what we have now, you talk about, like you said, Sergei Bobrovsky was outstanding, and uh, he's going to need to be outstanding again, no doubt about that. If you Every contender needs, uh, needs top-notch goaltending. The Panthers got that last year, and they expect to get that again. But with Bobrovsky and with Spencer Knight there, it gives you the luxury to keep both guys fresh throughout the year, get into a bit of a rhythm. I would still expect Sergei Bobrovsky to take the, the lion's share of the games, but it gives the Panthers the ability to go into the playoffs with both guys fresh, and the ability to, if you have to, if there's an injury, God forbid, anything like that, you have two great options that you can go to and two guys that are ready to play. You look throughout the years, John, recent years, going back, uh, you know, the last decade, every team that wins the Stanley Cup, they, they have that featured guy in net. But most of them had two guys that they could have turned to in the event that they needed that second option. I think that's become maybe more than ever the days of Marty Brodeur playing 70 plus games and, uh, you know, Roberto Luongo playing 70 plus games and things like that. There there aren't many guys like that left uh, in the National Hockey League. And a lot of teams don't like to manage things that way because they want to keep their guys fresh down the stretch. I think when you have the ability to get into a rotation, have a little bit of a split, I think having the tandem, having two capable guys and keeping those guys ready to go all season long, I think that's more important than ever in today's game. And it's just another reason this Panthers team goes into the season as a, as a contender and a, a Stanley Cup hopeful because they've got depth in net. They're not leaning just on one guy. They have two that they can turn to. But Sergei Bobrovsky last year, he was uh, among the league leaders in a lot of stat categories all season long. No reason to think that he can't duplicate last year's performance. And if he does, uh, look out. The Panthers are going to be right there in the mix once again as we get into those important games in the spring. 
first meeting of three between the Capitals and the Panthers coming up on Tuesday, November 15th. Only time will be in Sunrise this season and a rematch of the first round matchup between these two teams. Doug Plagueis, thank you so much for joining us, giving your insight. And uh, we'll see you in a few weeks, my friend. Thanks for this. Sounds good. Thank you, John. There you have it. Your scouting report on one of the favorites in the East to perhaps make a deep run, the Florida Panthers. Later this week, Jody Shelley from the Columbus Blue Jackets will be here to talk about the CBJ. And Mike Maniscalco, TV and radio voice of the Carolina Hurricanes, will stop by as well as part of our team preview Know Thy Enemy segment of the show this preseason. Finally today, if you're a fan of craft beer, the Capitals and Garnet Hathaway, have we got an event for you tonight. Garnet is launching his own beer. It's a hazy IPA, and it's done in conjunction with other half brewing in Northeast D.C. The event is open to the public tonight starting at 7 o'clock. It's free to get in. Garnet will be there. Joe B. and Craig will be there. I will be there. Some former Caps players in attendance as well. It is located at 1401 Oakey Street Northeast. That's just off New York Avenue in Ivy City. You can buy the beer tonight to take home with you. You can enjoy it on site with your fellow Caps fans. There's going to be a raffle this evening and a live auction that'll include a TJ Oshie signed stick. And what's beer without food? Supreme Barbecue will be there selling wings, brisket, and jerk chicken. And all the proceeds from the event tonight will support a cause that's close to Garnet's heart, DMV First Responders. If you're looking for more information on it or you're driving right now and you need to look it up later, Garnet has it all on his Twitter feed. Check it out. Again, it's at Other Half Brewing Company tonight, 1401 Oakey Street Northeast in Ivy City. It's near the old Hecht's Warehouse on New York Ave, if you're familiar. Hope you'll come out and see all of us tonight for a great cause in a frosty mug or two. And if you can't get there tonight, but you want the beer, they are going to be selling it moving forward until they run out. They got a bunch of 12 packs. If you can't get there, if you're driving out New York Ave on the way home, stop by, pick some up, all for Half's Heroes and DMV First Responders. Hope to see you tonight in Ivy City. Until then, have a great Monday, everyone. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com. Or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.